Let us pray. Living and loving God, we gather as a people who have heard your word. May it shine a light on us and reveal to us how you would have us live. Take these words of mine and by your spirit, transform them into something that is nourishing for your people. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. If you drive a car, you'll be familiar with the need to get a warrant of fitness regularly. You get the car checked by an inspector to make sure that it meets the basic safety requirements. And if you own a car, you probably service it or get it serviced regularly to make sure it's running well and properly maintained. We know we need to look after our cars, so we check on them regularly. The same is true of our health. Many people have an annual checkup to make sure that any health issues can be picked up early and managed proactively. Doctors have recall schedules to make sure people get checked for certain conditions on a regular basis. By checking up on things regularly, we can make sure that any little problem that might emerge can be dealt with early before it becomes a major problem. After all, a little blood pressure medication is much better than having a heart attack, and an oil change in a car is much better than an engine change in a car. And the same is true in our Christian lives. We should check on how they are going regularly. We should examine ourselves and our relationship with God on a regular basis and in prayer attend to any outstanding issues or areas that need attention. And the beginning of a new year is as good a time as any for doing this. Often at this time of the year, we've spent some time reflecting on where we've been and where we're hoping to go. We prepare to embark on the next stage of the journey. So it's a natural point to pause and to take stock of the shape of our life with God. Now, when a warrant of fitness inspector looks at your car, they have a checklist that they have to go through. They make sure the brakes work. They make sure the tyres are in good condition, that the lights are working, and that the car is structurally sound, amongst other things. And a service check, a service attends to a list of other things. And likewise, an annual checkup at the doctor We'll take a series of measurements and checks to make sure that a person's in decent health. And the same's true in our life of faith. But the key thing in any inspection or any examination is making sure that you're looking at the right measure. It's not going to be much good if the WAF inspector tests the volume of your stereo in the car and nothing else. This isn't going to tell you how safe the vehicle is. And it isn't any good if the doctor only looks at what colour your hair is and whether it started going grey or falling out. This isn't going to tell you anything about your heart. Likewise with our faith. Sometimes we look for the easily measurable and observable things to see how we're going in our faith. Are we reading your Bible regularly? Are you praying? Are you turning up at church regularly and on time? Now, all these things are good and to be encouraged. We know they can be part of a healthy life of faith. But do they really 
give you an insight into our spiritual health? How many people do you know who claim to be a Christian and do these things but are nasty and mean? How many of us through the years have encountered people who do all those things but are small-minded and petty and argue about insignificant things? I'm not sure that these measures actually tell us about the health of our relationship with God. Our reading today, though, addresses this question. It's a dramatic, forward-looking story, looking ahead to the time when Jesus returns, and it uses dramatic imagery to make a point. It speaks of all the people of the world being divided into two groups, just like a farmer divides sheep from the goats. On the right would be those who would inherit the kingdom, and on the left, those who will not. Now, right through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, considerable time and teachings are devoted to the kingdom of God. Matthew uses the language kingdom of heaven, but he's talking about the same thing. This is the kingdom that we pray for in the Lord's Prayer, asking that God would make it come here on earth as it is in heaven. It's the kingdom that makes a difference to how the world operates in the here and now. Just as we pray that we would forgive those who sin against us, and this contributes to a more peaceful community, all the teachings of the kingdom are about how the world will be when God becomes king, and how the world is changing now that God is returning to be king. And we're told throughout the Gospels that the kingdom has begun. It's on its way, so we can begin to live this kingdom way now. And it's using this kingdom, these teachings on the kingdom, that Jesus helps us determine our healthy, how healthy our relationship with God is. We measure our spiritual health. We measure our spiritual well-being, our spiritual safety, by how well we are living according to the kingdom. The group who are put on Jesus' right-hand side are to inherit the kingdom. They're told... It's because when Jesus was hungry, they fed him. When he was naked, they clothed him. When he was a stranger, they welcomed him. When he was sick or imprisoned, they visited him. Those, are on, the, those on the left are told they didn't do any of these things. Both groups were perplexed, though. Both groups struggle to understand what Jesus is talking about because none of them ever saw Jesus in any of these states. So Jesus goes on to explain that their actions towards every person they've encountered, their actions towards any person they met who was struggling, their actions towards anyone who was struggling were their actions towards Jesus. When they refused to help someone in need, they were, ref were refusing to help Jesus. And when they welcomed and helped a stranger, they were welcoming and helping Jesus. Jesus divides people into two groups. But he doesn't do that on the basis of how well or how regularly they pray or read their Bibles. Jesus doesn't divide people into two groups based on how often they attend church 
or whether they are still members of a Presbyterian church in the midst of a changing world. Jesus doesn't divide people into separate groups based on their theological views, their social standings, their cultural groups or their economic status. Let's call this what it is. It's judgment. And Jesus is exercising judgment here based on how we treat the people we encounter. Jesus judges us based on how well we show compassion and kindness to those who are marginalised. Jesus judges us based on how well we care for the least of these. It seems that our relationship with other people tells the truth about our relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with others tells the truth about our relationship with Jesus. What happens when you take the pulse? What do you see when you do a spiritual warrant of fitness on your life? What's revealed when you reflect on how you treat those around you and how you treat the least of these? This is the real measure of how our faith is going. This is the real measure of the health of a church community. How do we treat those who are different? How do we care for those in our community and our society who are struggling? How do we show compassion and patience and kindness? Sometimes when we get a reading like this one, the lectionary throws it up every now and then. And when we reflect on questions like this, it can be confronting and challenging. Don't run from that feeling. Sit with it. It's at this point that we turn to prayer and scripture. Rather than being a measure of our spiritual health, reading the Bible and prayer are more like a medicine or a treatment that helps us get better. Reading the Bible and praying is like doing a service on the car. When we read a passage like this one, it ends up reading us. It ends up asking us questions. It confronts us. It shouldn't evoke in us a, sen a sense of fear that we're going to end up in the wrong group. Instead, we're people who have chosen to follow the way of Jesus because we've received grace 